This is Shift Run Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. I've been thinking about things that we're not covering in this episode. Okay. Just so you know. Yeah, let's get those out of the way first. We're not doing any news. Right. Because that's traditional for Shift Run Stop, it's timeless. Yeah. We're certainly not going anywhere near politics. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I do have some snacks. Good snacks is on the agenda and i have some listener questions uh and we can catch up and maybe lee will be around maybe he won't we'll see yeah lee said barring an emergency he should be able to pop over here there might be live music playing in uh in king's cross or that might be a train it's quite (laughs) nice though it's it's sort of um industrial music if you like it's got some interesting resonant tones i'm quite quite behind that yeah it's great but I mean, this is this is the Christmas episode. You say we're not, we don't really do topical stuff because we're timeless. But we do celebrate the Christian festivals. We do. <laughs> All the major Christian festivals <laughs> usually get an episode. Um, I didn't buy any Christmas snacks um, oh. because it's a bit early for that. In fact, uh, oh, wow. reader, listener, um, you'll be interested to know that we just failed to get some mulled wine in a pub. So it's not yet Christmassy enough in our timeline. But when you're listening to this, it might even be uh, Christmas Eve. It might be. Or Christmas Day, your, your, <laughs> your, your traditional shift on stop listen <laughs> over breakfast or yeah. Christmas lunch. Turn off the Queen and put us on instead. But, the, but this pub does have trees up. They are semi-Christmassy, but oh, it's yeah, like a Christmas lure. Stuff. You come in there and they're not actually selling any mulled wine no or anything. Mulled wine, so it's, yeah, it's all fake. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible con to get yeah, you in the door. Shift, run, stop. I, I don't think I've seen any signs for mulled wine anywhere yet, but I mean, how can it be too soon? Today is the first cold day we've had as well. It's like properly, I came down on the train and it was frosty yeah, it was from my house to here. Yeah, Properly icy all yeah. the way into London. Mm. And London normally being a few degrees warmer. Yeah, You never see frost inside the M25. That's what they say. But yeah, it's, it has been properly cold. And, I, and I'm wondering if it's going to last or if it's going to be like last December where it was suddenly 21 degrees in the middle ridiculous. of December. Oh, you're taking your hat off. What a shame. It's just a bit warm. <laughs> I've got my scarf on. I've got my hat on. Rue's hat is like, it's like something you'd wear in bed. What's Actually, nice about this hat is it's not a hat. <laughs> it it's, doesn't look like a hat it's now. It's a tube. It it's, um, I don't know whether this is like an official branded snood or whether it's an uh, off-brand cheapo thing. But what I like about it is... You can wear it around your neck. Yes. This is a very visual yes. segment we're doing here. <laughs> but then you can pull elements of it up and over your head and make yeah. a sort of snorkel out of it. Yeah. So on a on a bike, this is great. Keeps all your extremities nice and warm. Do you have a thing like this? Is this? A... Uh, no, I wish I did. I have had sn- snoods or snoods. <laughs> snoods. <laughs> I have snood. literally no idea. I have had them, and I do like them because when you're bending over, doing gardening or doing something like feeding the dog or whatever, your scarf goes on the floor and it dangles in. You know, I, my house is quite cold, as I've probably mentioned on this before, and I have to wear a coat indoors. <laughs> <laughs> you do um, still live in Sheffield. Wear, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, which, by the way, Sheffield in itself is not particularly cold. This is a misconception. Okay. Off, Sheffield is often warmer than the Midlands and as warm as London because we're protected by the peaks so we Sheffield don't Sheffield can't be as warm as London well almost it can't yeah do you get snow inside Sheffield M25 <laughs> inside the, the S25 <laughs> <laughs> we have occasionally had snow but and, and even then not that much not as much as the real Yorkshire mm, okay stuff, so yes it's quite mild so you've got your own microclimate because of I the I think so yeah yeah good. yeah because of the mountains mm. are they mountainous you climb a mountain the peaks yeah, yeah. yeah. you do some snowing in the rock climbers in yeah winter Snow, when I say snowing, I mean skiing. Skiing, you can do some snowing. Yes, I don't think there's skiing exactly because they're quite rocky, so there's lots of rock climbing okay. on the crags. Okay. Um, it doesn't have a ski resort. There's no 
no it's not a sort of Mont Blanc or like no but I w- mentioned skiing I was in Finland recently to do a residency and um, the people there were saying that they all learned to ski as kids it's something you do at school skiing that makes sense I suppose if you live in a place where it's snowy six months of the year then you would you need to get good at that I suppose it's funny isn't it and they were complaining that kids nowadays in Finnish schools don't get taught skiing as as kind of a routine thing and they, were, they couldn't believe it they were like they don't even get caught, taught to ski anymore at school but obviously to us it's quite amazing I but think in Britain yeah. it's quite a class divide mm. I had some friends who went skiing in winter I was not among them yes um, yes <laughs> I was not going skiing in the winter um but I, I wonder whether my son will grow up going skiing in the in the oh. winter, as we're sort of gentrifying fast yeah, in our yeah. little bit of Harpenden. Yeah. A lot of our neighbours definitely go skiing in the winter. It's a bit of a kind of shibboleth of how much money do you have, isn't it? Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. Do you feel like you have to keep up with them now you've got fancy neighbours? Fancy neighbours. Moved uh, up from Southampton. <laughs> now we live in, <laughs> in the... the uh, oh, it's Lee Maguire. Oh. Isn't he lovely? like a little teddy bear well, I've got him a hot chocolate he'll like that I hope I like the bits where we catch you just coming in on record of course as is traditional we can stop if there's um, anything I bought you both a free hack circus because it's oh, out wow, and I'm trying to shift you. them because I can't give them away no you can you can give them away and sell them you can sell them for money it's brilliant well, it's, uh, is this the last one it's the second last one. Oh my goodness but if you go to the story in February the, yeah. the conference run by Matt Locke then you'll get a free one because he's very generously bought uh, copies for everybody and so that will be the last that will be the last edition. one and yeah if I sell one more advert I'll, um, I'll break even on the project as well so that will be a triumph that's been a really really big thing I'm, I'm so oh. proud of you for having oh. made this thank you well now, now I've finished that we can do more shift run stop like a little <laughs> yeah, interlude to do something yeah I'll be half lots of time again how are you, Lee? Have you just jumped out of work? I, yeah, I, this is my lunch break. We did try and get some mulled wine. That didn't happen. So, yeah, we're just keeping warm with some hot drinks. I am not a fan of mulled wine. I don't know what the mulling process does <laughs> to something. It seems to make it, seems to make it worse. <laughs> it can't make it worse. It makes it sweeter and it makes it taste of Christmas. Well, I mean, that sounds like the well, best possible thing to do to wine. Well, my, my question about seasonal drinks is... If they're objectively better, why are they seasonal? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yes, okay. I suppose that maybe in the winter people feel like they need more sugar because they're colder <laughs> or there's some sort of biological reason. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably fattening up ready for hibernation, isn't it? Ah, yeah, yeah. You want to get lay down those extra layers. Yeah, we all need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> nice and cosy. Living in the West in our self-heated home, although my house isn't that heated. Getting ready for a full four days of hibernation. (laughs) I have a new feature. Yes. I've called it Question Me That. It's a pastiche. A A weak one. A a weak pastiche, but also a friendly tribute. (laughs) We love them. So, Shifra and Stop on Twitter asked our lovely listeners um, whether they had any questions for us. And they do, it turns out. People still remember us. Uh, Anthony Baker asks, are you guys back since when? Fantastic. Mm. Well, Anthony, we're back since now. (laughs) This is it. Now you're listening to it. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't want to commit beyond that, but, um, but certainly that much beyond is this true. Very moment. <laughs> this it's kind of like it's like the answer to your question is we're back unless you're listening to a very old episode, which <laughs> could happen <laughs> that might still be the newest yes, one. Yeah. Based on our track record, it's possible that this will be three years. <laughs> we still have NTK up and ready for the next oh. next edition, which will be ten years as of next month. Oh my Ten years since the last one. Got a draft ready to publish. 
No, it always get written like three hours before okay, they go up. I was worried that it was this yeah. draft that was never... It's eight years since we met. Yeah, well, it's been a long, long... So, yeah, we should start planning our... Well, long. maybe the next episode... At this rate, the next episode will be our <laughs> ten-year reunion as well. Very popular podcasts have come and gone. Yes. <laughs> Since we put out the last episode, let alone when, when we first met. Ice ages have come and gone. I, mean, I think that yeah. NPR one that everyone was talking about, and I just blanked on the name. Serial. Serial. Mm. Yeah. Maybe in that window. I mean, yeah, I am a mystery show from Gimlet Media. There's so many good podcasts that have come and gone. Well, in a way, we've done the world a favour by leaving a, a gap for these things I, to I rise up. Right. You know, absence. Chris Ludlow asks, "Do you think the original single-button Atari joystick was the best controller ever made?" No. Oh, what's no. the best controller? I would say the best controller is the Sega Mega Drive controller followed by any iteration of the current controllers for PlayStation or Xbox. I think the Xbox controllers are very good. They fit nicely in your hand. They don't feel too big. They don't feel too small. I think the PlayStation ones are a bit sort of made for smaller hands than mine. I'm not, I'm not being racist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, I mean younger people <laughs> rather than rather than a racial thing. Small-handed. I think both the PlayStation and Xbox controllers have uh, their own merits, and it mainly depends on your playstyle. The um, analog button placement is usually the thing that uh, divides yeah. divides opinion. Hits your trigger fingers. What about you, Layla? Do you do you remember the Atari? With, with uh, yeah, I was hoping we weren't going to get any games questions. <laughs> they were all about games. I know, no, it's fair enough. We are called <laughs> Shift Run Stop. I, I like joysticks. I like the little joystick you put between the keys on the keyboard, and it's like a little pin, and you could wiggle it left and right to press terrible. the buttons down. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a horrible invention. Yeah, it's fantastic because you, that you, you like know, a stocking filler from it's, 1998. It's earlier than that. Listeners will know what I mean. You, you push it between the like the X and the Z key, and then you would wiggle your finger. Yeah, maybe. Well, that would have been useful. It was yeah. probably a sport game. It would probably break your keyboard. Those kind of track and field games on the, uh, on the on the old Spectrum, they would oh, seriously RSI, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Joystick breakers. We have another question uh, from Dave Nice. Dave asks, how about the best retro gaming experience today? Maybe the cheap Mega Drive unit from Argos or the NES Classic Mini? One of my jobs, and this is going back... 12 years I used to work in um, the shop was called must have it but it was like a shop that sold fun gadgets it was like the gadget store mm. basically like a knockoff version they sell um, a little thing that went inside your keyboard so uh, no they didn't that was good. way pre before then but it, what they sold were those they were the, one of the first people to sell those um, yeah Atari joysticks and it was like a Namco one had like six games on it yeah. and you plugged it into your TV so it's one of those as a result, one of my jobs there was demoing Pac-Man on this Namco joystick. Nice. And I got really good at Pac-Man. Like, it's the only game I've ever been able to be really good at. And um, so I have a soft spot for that one, the Namco joystick from about 2004. The guy from Game used to come in and, um, and we had like a little tournament. And um, yeah, my, my gameplay was better than his. And he probably beat me, but I feel like everyone said that I was best. So, you know, no one will remember now except me. I could tell that story, didn't say um, so, so I yeah. wonder if Leah's played with either of these. I had a quick look because I was very interested in the NES one. But actually, uh, in comparison, I think the Mega Drive one might be even better. It's got wireless controllers, so it doesn't have stupid short cables that you have to sit right next to your big telly. Uh, I think it's got a few more games. I, I think I did my retro gaming, um, and it was over and done with a few years ago. <laughs> I have no interest. And the thing, the thing that, the thing that especially doesn't interest. I like the look of the. Um, the little, the tiny NES thing. Mm. Um, but the nostalgia it evokes for me, and the thing that I remember the NES, more than the games, 
was the cartridge insertion mechanism Funk. And, Funk. And, and also removal it's yeah, like yeah. it has you know in, in, in the uh, in the words of Alan Partridge nice action mm. yeah excellent point because it was like did you ever watch Chock-A-Block as a child where the, the whole concept of the show was just pushing video sized blocks into a machine and then making things happen and it always makes me think of that like ka-chunk you just want to push yeah. bricks into things that's a nice thing to do it, it had a degree <laughs> of physicality that nothing replicates we got rid of video uh, VHS's which was mm. kind of like the last mm. the last kind of like gasp of kind of like physicality mm. to like consumer things yeah. putting a CD shaped thing into your yeah, that's Xbox not, one it's just I mean, very unsatisfying and, and even now these days I stopped buying discs I am pretty much all digital for both games and are you and downloading video your now. games yeah mm. and the reason is that I used to go to the shop at midnight when a big release came out and I weigh it up and I go, no, actually, you know what? Around midnight, I would like to be at home and yeah. for the thing just to magically appear. <laughs> just press the button at home. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've gotten old enough that, like, trekking out to, like, the shops for a midnight launch <laughs> is, is no longer the sort of thing that would attract me. I've gotten old. You're what old. happened? We're, we're all old. We're all older, anyway. Yeah. Mm. Albie Reed is a very smart man. Dear Albie, yeah, he's, he's a good friend of the show. He's Dear been Albie. on a few times. Before. And he's asked us a very erudite question. Mm. He wants to know, would you rather fight a horse-sized <laughs> duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? I don't want to fight. Why do we have to fight either of those lovely things? <laughs> They're coming at you. They're coming at you. You've got to defend yourself. Probably the duck, because at least you could eat the spoils without feeling too bad that you were destroying an intelligent animal. Massive duck. A massive duck. I mean, it's, it's less potentially dangerous because it probably doesn't have the same aggression or saying that a giant oh, one a massive might. duck yeah, would be terrifying it's going to have your head so, off I think, I think both of them you don't really want you want to capture rather than kill because <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like it is kind of like a, um, a King Kong situation unless you live in a world where horse sized ducks are uh, commonplace they need to be studied if I manage to overpower and kill several of them <laughs> There should be enough left over for science. Right. right yeah. Yeah. Whereas the, the horse-sized duck. Yeah. There's only it's one of be them. A, a battle. There's for only one of them. Yeah. Because you have to. You would have to fight with basically with your hands tied. It's kind of like this is a scientific marvel. I can't kill it. Whereas you could probably kill fifty or sixty of the little ones. <laughs> if it really came to it. Yeah. You could trample ten you could, before you yeah. even got started. Drop, you, I mean, most of my power is in my legs, so you know. It's true. It's your strongest uh, muscles. And and horses, whilst they can jump, they can't jump that high relative to uh, you know their own their own size. Yeah. It's only, so they're not really going to be going for the head, height, are they? Yeah. It's going to be quite limited. I think I need to know more about how how angry they are all these animals is that what yeah what's the situation that led to there being a hundred tiny horses or one giant duck? like i say they have to be preserved for science yeah yeah no i agree That's yeah michael reeve asks can you do a mannequin challenge yeah we can try what's the challenge the mannequin challenge do you need like a third party to sort of say confirm that nobody's moving <laughs> yeah well they'll hear it They'll know they'll hear, they'll they'll hear the, the silence. All right. Ready? Shall I participate as well? Oh, yeah. Please yeah. join in. Yeah. What, strike a actually? pose. Okay. <laughs> How long have we got to do this for? I think oh, 10 okay. seconds will be fine. So I hope you all enjoyed that. <laughs> he also asks... A radio first. <laughs> he also asks, are you enjoying Westworld or humans? No. Or anything with a robot in it? 
I do enjoy things with robots in them, and uh, I, I haven't seen the second season of Humans, um, but I have been watching Westworld. Is basically. it good? Should I watch it? I think it's good. I think it, it gives itself a lot of space for, for storytelling, and ever since kind of like Blade Runner, I have liked those, um, those things that are an exploration of um, the question of what's the difference between a human and a human-like machine. I quite enjoyed Black Mirror. What about you, Leda? What are you watching? I, d- I don't watch any of these sorts of things, really. Television. No, to be honest, no. Um, I, well, I watched The Americans. I quite enjoyed that. Really, really stupid. Like a uh, spy thing from the 80s, Cold War spy thing with these two. Uh, they're, uh, they're KGB agents who are passing as an American family. Okay. They've finished now until next spring, but um, it's quite addictive, but it's so stupid as well. And every time they have to meet like a contact, they put these ridiculous disguises on that make them look like they're in Saturday Superstore. Like massive glasses <laughs> and like curly granny wigs and it's the most stupid show but it is weirdly addictive and also actually there is a lot of um, retro computing in it you know when they make a, an office from the 80s everybody's got a Commodore pet in front of them and it's like that wasn't what it was like you may have had one in the whole building but anyway it's that sort of thing um, but no I haven't seen any I, I watched a couple of Black Mirrors and I didn't I wasn't very impressed with them and the, the yeah Westworld I don't know you know what's come and gone since we last recorded there's been an entire series of Red Dwarf oh yes <gasps> My God! And and we should try and get Chris Barry again. We should, now that we've stopped being rude about it on Twitter. I mean, I, I found it to be tolerable. Yeah. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it, it was certainly... Um, in the same way that the last Star Wars film... Well, probably the one before last, if you're listening to this when, when it comes out, but... You remember how Star Wars kind of just recapped all of its themes and its ideas yeah. in a nice package yeah. that for those of us of our generation feels like kind of a retro nostalgia mm-hmm. and for everyone else feels like just a nice reset to mm-hmm. wash the palette from all that unpleasantness with Jar Jar Binks, etc. <laughs> I think they did the same thing in Red Dwarf. I think it just yeah. kind of reminded us of, of what it was like when it was at its best. Yeah. Well, well, Rue, to rebut your, uh, your description of uh, recent Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. I think at now, at this point in history, we can look back at what George Lucas was trying to do with the prequel movies. Really? And George Lucas was attempting to warn viewers of how a totalitarian regime rises. He, he bangs on about trade agreements. <laughs> and then within three movies... You know, the Nazis have taken over the universe. Yeah, trade agreements right? don't seem so boring now, do they? <laughs> and 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 he goes, he runs that entire thing over three movies, and people people didn't want to know, right? <laughs> but like a couple of years ago, J.J. Abrams goes, no, what people want is mindless nostalgia for something that something from the past that they enjoyed, and that's what they were delivered. Well, who's <laughs> laughing now? And the answer is no one. <laughs> Yeah, we should have heeded the warning. <laughs> With the benefit of hindsight, go back and, and make a comparison and say, which Star Wars movie should we been, have been paying attention to? I've been mostly enjoying Peep Show. I've, uh, I've re-watched... No, I've just oh. been watching it again on Netflix. Right. I get through about five episodes a week at the moment. It's great. Are they really short? Is it like 20 oh, minutes? 25 minutes, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yes. I, I, I watched uh, both series of Rick and Morty on Netflix in oh, about a weekend. An animated thing. It's like a foul-mouthed Doctor Who pastiche. Somebody recommended it to me recently because I, I did a tweet some, saying something like, if you imagine it's Doc Brown seeing The Power of Love in Back to the Future, it works quite well. <laughs> <laughs> you should try that. Well, drunk. Um, yes, maybe. <laughs> and somebody uh, commented saying, if I knew you like Back to the Future, I'd recommend Rick and Morty. And I looked at it and thought, I don't like cartoons. 
that was my judgment, so I just dismissed it. Maybe I should give you it a are, go. You're a terrible person. I know, I know. Red Dwarf, though, yes, I did enjoy very much. I, I wasn't expecting to at all. Um, the first one was rubbish, but after that, I thought they were pretty good. And, and yeah, it was a revisit of old f- themes, but I think it was like a good way of going especially Chris Barry because he's obviously the best they've sort of gone well let's just do Rimmer again like mm. they sort of forgot who Rimmer was mm. and they went back and let's just do him again and the cat like let's have the cat back and, and obviously let's gloss over Craig Charles in <laughs> <laughs> his acting he's not taken any acting lessons in the last few years I know it's amazing you go back and watch the first one he's not really improved since then You'd think he would have picked a few things up. It's been like 16 hours. It's been like 40 years. But Chris Um, Barry, we really like, so come on the show, Chris Barry. We we want to meet you. If you're listening, come on. on. (laughs) Doug Naylor has been on Twitter a lot talking about the show and stuff, and I thought I might be able to get Doug Naylor. Because, of course, when they brought all the the Red Dwarfs back over the last sort of 10 years, everybody said, oh, it's gone shit because Rob Grant's not there, and he was the comedy genius. But, you know, this one's all been done by Doug Naylor, and it is funny again. So yeah. yeah. There we go. And I mean, you've you've listed all the all the characters there except Crichton. I really enjoyed Crichton in this yeah, series. He's very good. I thought yeah. Robert Llewellyn continues to be very funny and yeah. very good. Yeah. Both physically and verbally, they've made they've made Crichton very fat in this series. <laughs> I think it's just Robert Llewellyn. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they make him so fat? It's a design decision. How is this? How is this shape changing? Surely he's artificial. <laughs> Oh, it'd be so funny to get him on and get you to ask him why they've made the character so fat this time. Why is the robot a lot bigger around the waist than it was five years ago? I preferred Thin Crichton. It was a really bad choice. Brody, speak. What? <laughs> so I'm here at very beautiful Loch Goyle in the Highlands um, this week on holiday. And I promised Rue I'd get some sound recordings. So, that hum you can hear in the background is not an artefact of the microphone. It's actually a mysterious military listening station of some sort. <laughs> My partner James is going to, he's actually looked it up, so he's going to explain what it is. It's um, a floating test lab operated by Kinetic, a defence contractor, as part of their facility here on Lock Coyle. It's called the Lock Coyle Noise Range, and it's used for testing the sound um, profiles of battleships and submarines. So every now and then they'll close off the lock and pull in some warships and listen oh to God. them for a bit. So I don't know what it's humming about right now, but there's this floating lab that's sitting right there in the lock quite ominously. Um, yeah, it's quite misty today. It's the first day it's been really misty and uh, the visibility's quite bad, but there are, you can still make out this, like, tanker in the in a dumb well, freighter dumb lighter it's, it, it's actually um a more permanent thing there you, there used to be a a temporary um actual ship which was a dumb lighter it's called the maytime that's what the original ship was called and it's still got it written on it mm. um but it has a sort of series of cranes and derricks and masts and control rooms and stuff mm. sitting it's there listening to us <laughs> Every morning, <laughs> convinced they can hear us through the glass of this house, but it's the, literally the only thing we can see as well. It's quite imposing. There's amazingly beautiful scenery in this lock, and um, it's it does seem like it's getting closer as well. It looks like it's closer than it was yesterday. Yeah, some sort of mechanical Loch Ness monster. Um, and it split up yesterday. It broke, and the bit of it was floating separately mm, from the other bit. I'm not sure what that was about. Occasionally, you'll get fast ribs and boats flying out to it from yeah. uh, 
from the, the main facility on the other bank. There's a map in the cottage of submarine locations and it's a major sort of um, military testing area, isn't it, in Western Scotland? Yeah. We used to, I used to live on, Western, off the, or on the coast of Western um, Scotland, a bit further south than where we are now. And we used to see submarines sometimes surfacing off the go again. <laughs> it's quite normal. There's a lot of places you can hide a submarine on the, yeah. the crags and inlets and locks of the Scottish coast, so it's quite a good spot for it. You can hear Brody jingling because he's scampering around. The grass is very wet, not because it's been raining, but just because we're sort of below the dew point or something. We've got we're just enveloped in mist here. And as you can hear our house is literally right on the beach of the lock, which is a real beach. It's covered in shells and seaweed and stuff. And uh, yeah, the, obviously the dog, Bro- regular listeners will know I have a dog called Brody. And uh, he's not very keen on swimming, but he loves to get into the water up to his armpits and then get out and shake all over you. And here, Brody. In you go, Brody. Go on. It's the sound of bro- Brody. Speak. Shift. <laughs> Run. Stop. Todd Robbins asks, have you ever played The Grizzled and no. not failed the war? I guess dying is what was done in World War One. Uh, he says he loves the game, but it's very difficult. I've not played The Grizzled. It looks like it's a turn-based card game thing. Yeah, no, no idea. It's no. hard. No. Lee's shrugging also. Right. Sorry, we haven't played that, Todd. Long shot there, wasn't it, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> might, might cut that bit out. Doug Adams. What a I great assume, name. Yeah. Oh. Doug Adams, I assume, is not Douglas Adams, but who knows? <laughs> he might be on Twitter. It's he must get so, that a lot. It's been so long since the last Chiffron stop. Who knows? <laughs> it could be. going to come back. <laughs> and if he listens to Chiffron stop, he might get this a lot. So sorry, Doug Adams. But Doug oh, asks, dear. what are the plans going forward? This is the last question, by the yeah. way. Uh, do you have more reg- regular podcasts planned? Any guests in mind? Well, Doug, as discussed, obviously Chris Barry should come on. Yeah, uh, I think there are lots of people who would like to get on. Yeah. Um, the, well, the problem is Douglas Adams. <laughs> um, the Douglas. Problem, the problem is that... Um, yeah, we, we live in opposite ends of the country now. And, we never um, see each other. We very, very rarely see each other, and we don't seem to run into each other or anything. And it's difficult to coordinate these things. But, yeah, I mean, to the extent that it's possible to make plans, I think we'd like to do more. None of us are massively busy, but we're all busy mm. enough that it's mm. difficult to get together. Yes. At least frequently. We can get together I- irregularly, mm. like every couple of years. I think we could do stuff on Skype, but again, what we could do actually is a snacks over Skype, and I think we've talked about that before. That would be quite on Skype. Fun. Yeah. yeah, we could try that. would be fun. Well, that's it for listeners' questions. Thank you, listeners. Mm. That that was some questions that you asked us. Yes. We answered nearly all of the ones that you asked. Content. I felt like there were others. I can't remember what they were though. No, I um, think it was all of them. Yeah, somebody asking if we were going to be answer me this. We're trying to be answer me this. I think the difference between this and answer me this is we're not try- we're not actually doing any research no. to help with proper <laughs> No, I mean Helen really it's knows her stuff. When she answers head. a question about a word, yeah, she mm. knows the etymology of that Entom- etymology, yeah. not entomology. One of them's beetles or insects. Anyway, she she would know she which would know is that. which. She yeah, would know she that, would. and she'd give you some really interesting history. Mm. Helen, this is Helen Zaltzman, and her, she has a podcast called The Illusionist, which is doing really well now, and you should listen to. It's great. 
I've got an email yes. uh, from Lola. I won't give her full name because okay. she didn't expect to be read out on a podcast. <laughs> uh, she says that she opened her new fizz keeper and the pump doesn't work. I believe in the fizz keeper and I was sad that I couldn't get mine to work. Any ideas? Thank you. Is, is this something to do with your work or a, a no. shift on stop? No, I used to... What's a fizz keeper? A fizz keeper is a small device <laughs> that you use to maintain the pressurisation of an opened bottle of fizzy drink. Wow. And you screw the cap on and you pump it, mm. and that then keeps the pressure higher, which makes it harder for the carbon dioxide to disperse yeah. into what would otherwise be a partial vacuum. It and it keeps it fizzy, in theory. Now, we may have talked about this on the show before. I think either Dave or Lee has tried to convince me that there's no science behind this, but I made a, a fan site back in 1997, <laughs> for the Progress Fizzkeeper. Oh. So I have the email address of fizzmaster at fizzkeeper.org if anybody ever wants to find out about Fizzkeeper facts. Amazing. Uh, what tends to happen is people Google for Fizzkeeper when yeah. there's breaks and then they email me in the hope that I can do something about it and I, I can't. I mean, the best thing I can do is read out your email on a very is it, is infrequent the These things no longer exist. I think they still, I think they're still made. Yeah. No, they're not like those, um, those basketball shoes from the 80s which you could pump up in a similar sort oh, of manner. Um, yeah, like Nike the, Air, Nike, was it? Nike, yeah, Nike yeah, Air. the pump, the, the ones that you have the little button on yeah. the tongue. That was yeah. good. I never owned those. They don't still do those, do they? I don't know. I hope so. I'd like to get some. Now you've mentioned them, quite impressionable. Why would, why would you want good. it to be adjustable, though? I mean, you're, mm. a you're not going to get them the same. You're not going to balance your, your <laughs> pumps correctly. And b, it shouldn't be down to the user mm. to decide what the correct inflation is for your footwear. This is a design choice that needs to be but made by professionals. that, surely anyone tying up their own laces gets to make that decision. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose that's similar. It's a, this, this, is the, this is the opinion of a man who does not have half a size difference between his feet. It turns out, Layla, that you have very differently sized <laughs> feet. Almost a whole size, actually. Oh, wait, that's true. Almost a, Which I didn't realise how extreme it was until I went to Decathlon, which mm. is an amazing French chain of sports shops, and they have those foot measuring instruments that you use as a child, but for adults, and you can measure your feet and find exactly what size they are and mine are almost a size different which, which is bigger your left or your right foot um i'm trying to tell by feeling now <laughs> i can't quite uh i think my right's bigger your right foot's bigger that means you're more creative i think <laughs> is that what it is <laughs> right. how it works. yeah well, more dominant maybe yeah <laughs> right. the left I'm side right of your brain dominant. is more dominant yeah right. which is the creative side which makes a lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> yes makes a lot of sense no science <laughs> but like <laughs> Sounds to reason, Lee. That's the reason. Sounds Why would that not be true? <laughs> so, do you recommend a fizz keeper? I haven't used one for a long time, but I was a, obviously a massive fan of them. Uh, I was a big advocate for the fizz keeper, and I thought they needed a fan site. They didn't have any online presence in the late nineties. <laughs> so, so I created. Now, a... now they've got a full-time social media. <laughs> against their will Lee I, I brought you on today on the premise of talking about films and I feel like we haven't really uh, very recently I have watched uh, Independence Day Regurgitation whatever it's called <laughs> and there is very little to recommend that movie oh really that's oh. so sad the only thing is that they introduced some aspect of the Brent Spiner character that wasn't oh. in the original movie uh, which you know, is is it was something new and interesting. Which one was Brent Spiner? He was the uh, the crazy-haired old scientist guy. Oh, yes. If you had sat down any kind of like person in 1996 
who had just seen Independence Day and say, that how would the plot play out if you did a sequel set 20 years afterwards? This would pretty much be a description of that movie and in that there are absolutely no surprises. In fact, there's a twist in the movie that is obvious to anyone who's seen movies. <laughs> So a good first movie then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I like to sort of like hate watch the big movies anyway. Or I imagine at least give you them a watch chance. the Transformers films and get really annoyed at how no, shit they are. I no. <laughs> No. And I watch fact, them and really enjoy them. I love the Transformers. It, I, I, I saw the Transformers film in which one of the Autobots had testicles. <laughs> and then I said, I don't know, I was like, here and no further. I, I've, I'm so glad <laughs> also, I didn't even get that far. Also, terrible. the most recent ones, I also have a thing about not watching Mark Wahlberg movies as well, because they okay. are almost certainly terrible. No, he's done some good indie stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, no, I mean, I liked, um, what's it called? Uh, it was a fireman. It was alright. I I harp Huckabees. Huckabees, that's the one. That's, that, I, that's a that's a Mark Wahlberg movie I liked. Yeah, I think it's funny. And there's there's possibly another one. I don't know. But generally, if there is a movie in which Mark Wahlberg is the only person on the poster, <laughs> right, that's a bad right, sign. The only human on the poster is Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> that's that's not a good sign. I almost certainly I'm not going to watch that movie. I watched The Revenant last night. Mm-hmm. I have that playing on my mind now. Have you seen that? No, I, I know it's very dramatic and woolly. And I think we should do a film review for a film that we haven't watched each. So I think you should okay. do a, a film review for The Revenant. <laughs> okay, right, right. Do you want the plot? Yeah, so I I just, you know, like a sort of a summary and a, oh, uh, yeah, a bit of a plot. Right. I, I feel like I've seen one very short trailer for it maybe a couple of years ago. Right. <laughs> um, so it's got in it, Revenant has got in it Leonardo DiCaprio, I think. It, yeah. So Leonardo DiCaprio and his, and his band of, uh, of brothers have to uh, ride some horses through a, a snowy tundra and um, this, uh, f- fight, protect the villagers um, from some kind of stand up. I, I saw um, the uh, Magnificent Seven recently and I imagine it's very similar. And they had to go and protect the villagers and, the, and especially some attractive woman, probably. And lots of them die but Leonardo DiCaprio survives and and in the end has a noble moment that's amazingly close (laughs) is it really yeah (laughs) have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street yeah it's It's, exactly like that it's like that but with a wolf (laughs) the wolf wolf is bigger that's all that's different is it worth seeing I quite enjoyed it although it's left me with some um, yeah I'm scarred really yeah, I won't go to Alaska anytime soon. Right. <laughs> it's pretty scary. Cancelled your cancelled your holiday plans. I assume it was Alaska. I don't know. I've not seen it either. So I don't uh, it was know. just me that was enjoying how how close Layla was to the, the reality. <laughs> okay, well that was a good a good segment good we've guess. just established there. All right. Well, you can do um, Bridget Jones's Baby, which I'm going to assume you haven't seen. I've definitely not seen that. <laughs> However, based on the title alone, it's ten years later. Bridget Jones is older. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily. Not necessarily very different. I imagine she might still be looking for love, Mr. Wright. She might have gained a bit of weight. She might be feeling the uh, the impending ticking clock of, of biology upon her even more heavily. And she's not totally satisfied with her job. And she wants to have a baby. So she goes through some uh, men, maybe who aren't <laughs> ideal, but they've got sperm. And they offer to give her a baby and she finds one that she doesn't really like but in the end she does <laughs> she doesn't like the baby she doesn't like the man, <laughs> like the man right. but then she has the baby and in the end 
they're perfect together and it works out well in the end that's <laughs> pretty close it's quite close it's quite okay. six and a half not even seen a poster yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether Mr Darcy yeah makes an appearance again no he doesn't he does oh my goodness I don't think that's even spoiling anything for, um, for anyone it's quite does she have a baby with Mr Darcy I'm not going to say because it's it's all surprise for the viewer but it's actually really good it's the funniest well. one yet really the <laughs> yes, best one yet yes. I genuinely really enjoyed it. Wow. wow. <laughs> Do I have to describe a movie that I haven't oh, yeah. seen? Oh, yes, well, we should give it. going to be hard because you've seen a lot of films, so we need to pick a something film that you've not seen. seen. Something Lee hasn't seen. It's come out. Will it help if it's something we have seen? Or at least one of us has seen. Yeah, or at least know the story, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen very many films in quite a long time. Um. <clears throat> what about if we, go, if we go old? Like, have you ever seen Breakfast at Tiffany's? I have, yes. Oh dear. Uh, Loads of people say that they've seen Breakfast at Tiffany's and they're familiar with Breakfast at Tiffany's. I made some comment about, like, um, Audrey Hepburn's character being a prostitute, which blew someone's mind. Mm. And it's like, I don't remember that in the movie. It's done very subtly, though. Have you seen um, Legally Blonde? No. There we go. What happens in Legally Blonde? Blonde? It's got um, that actress in it, you know the one, with the blonde hair. Kirsten Dunst. No. 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 Good. Sorry. Yeah. I was hoping that he'd pick up on it and say, yes, that one. So, a blonde actress... <laughs> That's as specific as we get. Whose, who, whose name I can't quite recall at this moment yeah. is playing a, a sort of a, a airhead-like character. Right. Yeah. And Good. she gets a job at a law firm... Why? To, to pay for clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know uh, what, what her motivation might be. Maybe there's some legal trouble that her family can't afford, and so she's going to work at a law firm in order to somehow help out her family with a legal issue. And nobody takes her seriously because she's not someone who's like a lawyer <laughs> and, and, and everyone's quite dismissive of her but it turns out that she has somehow a degree of perception <laughs> that other characters do not possess and this enables her to make a breakthrough in a legal case that earns her the begrudged respect of um, actual lawyer characters uh, uh, and that's that's the, is that in the movie? That's very good. Yeah, you're very close. Very close. Okay. Like, uh, after the the bit about the uh, family having legal problems is is not why it happens, but the oh, okay. rest of it is pretty much spot on. Yeah, yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> you should see it. It's good. It's good. Well, I think what we've learned from that is we can all write Hollywood films. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're not that hard. Oh, God, well, so um, have a go. Have a go of what you think. ID five or whatever the sequel to Independence Day is called. You know, if you've seen Independence Day and you're told this happens 20 years after... Okay. What I remember of the end of the last one is they've successfully injected the virus into the alien computer, which... And then they go up and they're all fine. You see the ships just kind of, like, fall to the ground okay. as if they've run out of power. And everyone cheers. Yeah. The mass yeah. extinction of a... Right. Because that's what I like about Ender's Game, is that it's he's horrified by the fact that he's... Oh, spoilers. But, you know, if an alien species were to be wiped off the face of the universe, then that would be a sad thing, not a, not necessarily a happy thing. Well, okay. 
but like uh, there's no implication that they're all dead it's just that their ships have all crashed okay so I'm imagining then regurgitation requires the uh, the threat to return. Yeah, We're gonna yeah, have some yeah. More aliens are going to come I back. I think there's one in the together. sea. I think there's a, a little pod somewhere. Yeah, that's crashed at the bottom of an ocean, and you'll just see like a hint of it, and it's like stirring, waking up. Do we again have the trope of a scientist who knows what's going on, but nobody understands or believes him? Do we have that in the new one? Because mm. I, I would hope that that would that would come back. There, there may well be an element of that. Yes. Because that's going to help, because that gives you like a B story that you can cut back to. In Independence Day, do you see the aliens? Like, are they creatures? Oh, I think you, they do. you do. You do. Triangly alien sort of Classic arachnid kind of, oh, kind of right. exoskeleton kind yes, of things. Not aren't only they? does it reveal that they they have they are kind of like weird arachnid things, but then it's later shown that those are actually they like battle suits for like much smaller yeah. kind of like bug-eyed things. Mm. And I think this is the same film. They are keeping them in Area 51. Yes. And they have to go into Area 51 to do some yes. research. Right, that's the first so movie. So we've remembered the first film. <laughs> what Second happens film, in the sequel? More of the same. Jeff Goldblum is ruggedly handsome and gets a job done. They should the have, job done. They'll probably have some references to how it's modern now, like the world has changed and um, now we're living in an age of the internet there'll be some kind of mock-ups of news rolling news on fox and yeah. stuff like that and um <clears throat> it's games journalism is a very important theme <laughs> that has to be held to account by a group of people who essentially agree with a lot of white nationalists but wouldn't call themselves that i think that's going to come up in, in that, that's, yeah i think that's almost that's almost the exact opposite really? <laughs> <laughs> it's an antidote to the modern no time. they actually make a stab at the fact that what would human society look like 20 years after much of it being wiped out by alien invaders mm, okay. yeah. as in if you remember most of the world got <gasps> got wow. destroyed there was there was me thinking that they'd successfully staved off the invading force but actually it, it was too late we'd already had a lot of cities that had been blown up and yeah. zap bang bow mm. okay so this is a post-apocalyptic nightmare future in which the aliens have already killed a lot of us and a lot of our cities but I bet there's been some stuff that wasn't destroyed like for example the Statue of Liberty or whatever that gets destroyed in the new one that's going to be my guess <laughs> another landmark another, yeah or the that. shard maybe yeah. yeah a new one that was created subsequently yeah something in between yeah mm. Lee, are we close? I mean, you, you predicted earlier that anyone who had seen a film <laughs> could predict this film. I think we've disproven your theory Rue's got some snacks. It's snack time. I don't know if we have a special jingle for snack time. Do you remember? We don't, but we should have. We just say years ago, we should have. Yeah, we just say it's yeah. snack time. For future. In an Somebody send us one. A listener will send us one. Wes has just had a baby, so that's Wes unlikely. <laughs> okay. Wes Somebody might send us a, a jingle for snack time. Rather than go Christmassy this year, mm-hmm. I thought um, I thought I'd go in a totally different direction. Uh, and I was passing at WH Smiths. I don't know if provincial Smiths do this, but for somewhere between 75p and one pound 89, yeah. you can buy American candy bars okay. in uh, in London Smiths. They're often not clearly marked as being import candies, and I often wonder how often it is that somebody will pick up a packet of M and M's at WH Smiths and then be charged two pounds for it. <laughs> I imagine that sort of thing f- might fly in London, but like, I don't think they'd have much tolerance for it no. outside. So what we're going to do here is ramp up the exoticism. To begin with, I thought we'd start with the the least exotic and then work our way up. The thing you've almost certainly already had is a Reese's 
peanut butter cup. We've had them on the show, I think. Yes, it would have been at least five years ago. Fine, so they they're, <laughs> they're there. We don't need yeah. to eat them again. No, definitely. Oh yeah, you want you want to get them open? Okay, yeah, let's eat a re- oh, well, I'm hungry. Put it in front of me. Yeah. I'm hungry, so let's eat a Reese's peanut butter cup. This is perfect if you have a podcast and you've stolen our snack time idea, and you also make it with three people. You get three of these. It's ideal. So and also, there. it turns out you can do the same snacks again as long as you wait for a few years, and everyone's pretty much forgotten what you said last time. <laughs> Right, so we're looking at, they, they look like um, tiny sort of fairy cake wrappers full of chocolate and they're quite flat. And filled with peanut butter and literally is mm. a chocolate wrapped uh, slab of, of peanut butter in the middle. Obviously they've got the ratio just right. Mm. Nice crispy chocolate. They're very, somehow they're very American. If you're in the US and you're confronted with a wall of candy and you're not sure what to get. Or even just W.H. Smith. Or even W.H. Smith, just by... The uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, they are absolutely brilliant. Mm. I would eat these all day long. Mm, thanks, Rue. I would say that I far prefer Reese's Pieces, though. What are Reese's Pieces? They are like peanut butter, as if they were peanut butter M&Ms. Okay. So imagine an M&M that's full of peanut butter mm. rather than chocolate. Instead of a nut or a... Yeah. Right. Oh, nice. For years, I could only speculate about what they were. They were used in the movie E.T., in order to uh, in order to leave a trail for ET to follow, wow. didn't know what. Like most American things, yeah. at the time, no idea what they actually were. They were just sort of, sort of fantastical kind of like foodstuffs. It's only in recent years that I've actually been able to, uh, thanks to the uh, the rise in the expensive import candy shops, mm. I've actually been able to experience all these uh, all these things that I'd long seen advertised in the uh, pages of American comic books. Yeah, I remember seeing a, I saw a, an Instagram thing recently where you know, they put quotes on Instagram, and it was something like, "If you feel like you're um, having a bad day and you're you don't know what's going on." Remember, the mum in E.T. had a had an alien living in her house for two weeks and she never even noticed, so don't be too hard on yourself. I always think it's good. Right. Okay, second most exotic thing in the bag. So again, you may well have had one of these. This is a oh. Hostess Twinkie. Yeah, which always sort of looked like a, a, like a, a horrible no, no, sort of Ginster's pasty of yellow pastry. I'll, I, will, I'll, I will let... Uh, are you turning your nose up? At yes. The, at the Twinkie. Yes, I've had a Twinkie. I've had a Twinkie. I've had a Twinkie. Thank you. Maybe have a I'll Twinkie have a like um, once a year just to remind yourself. Oh my God, it's horrible. <laughs> What's the, is it supposed to be that chewy? It's like it's I don't very think dense. So. It's sort of deep, deep fried, dense uh, cake mix stuff. It describes with, um, itself as a golden sponge cake with creamy filling. I would take severe issue with both the sponge cake and the creamy filling. That is disgusting. It's like it hasn't been cooked. Yeah, I think it's they're terrible. You're saying that we're still eating them. <laughs> they're terrible. Mm. No, no, no. It's one of those well, no, they're, they're not great, but they are, I think they're one of those products that lives entirely on nostalgia. Mm. I'm never having a Twinkie again. No, I'm glad you um, exposed us to them at this vulnerable age, so we right. won't be tempted to go. Back to peanut butter. Uh, now we've cleansed our palates mm. of, of uh, Reese's pieces, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Uh, I now have a peanut butter flavoured Snickers in an interesting format. This is a squared Snickers. Right. So it comes in two pieces, both, oh, wow. both square. They're, they're like cubes of Snickers. Yeah, it's quite, quite uh, fascinating. Yeah, they're very stiff. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting in a pub eating our own food very conspicuously. <laughs> yes.
We've enjoyed everything so far except the Tootsie Roll. My last... Not Tootsie Roll. The uh, twi Twinkie. Twinkie? Is that what it's called, really? Yeah. Twinkie? <laughs> We've enjoyed everything except the Twinkie so far. So, the last thing in my bag, uh, which is Let the most guess. exotic thing, <laughs> is a, a Tootsie Roll. Right. Oh, uh, or Tootsie Roll, I suppose. I, yeah, I, I have heard of Tootsie Rolls, but I didn't know what they look like. Or It looks sort of like a... Uh, what does it look like? A, a roll of those um, nice chocolates that I forgot what they're called. Um, start with M. Mumbles? Is that what it's called? Munchies. Munchies! Yes. So <laughs> it looks like a roll the of munchies. Factor, it mm. looks like it's going to be a lot of um, small chocolate squares inside, yes. maybe a munch. I particularly bought it because it claims to be peanut free and right. I realised we had a lot of peanut stuff already. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I'm going to take that from other. you. I'm going right. to let you hold this Tootsie Roll. You, do, what do you think about the weight? Is that surprisingly dense? It's, it's quite heavy. It's quite it's heavy. Quite, it's like a, it's like a, a Toblerone pre-Brexit. Pre-Brexit <laughs> <laughs> like Toblerone. the opposite of a Brexit Toblerone. It's surprisingly heavy and dense. I think... Oh wow. Is it toffee? It's like a sort of a, a stack of caramels, isn't they're it? They're stuck together, yeah. And they're in a little kind of cardboard tube. Oh, my goodness. So if you have any, rock hard. If you have any dental work coming up, this yeah, is going to make it much more exciting know. for your dentist. I'm wondering if I'm going to want this. It's rock hard, and you literally have to... Is it supposed, <laughs> it's supposed to be this, to this It's got sort of perforations, but they're doing nothing. But look, it's not toffee. It's like that stuff in Mars bars. That looks like it's working. I'm, I'm literally having to... <laughs> That's five twists. <laughs> I've seen these on the shelves and I've long been interested in what they're like inside because they seem surprisingly heavy and now seeing it in, in person... It does taste American. <laughs> it's good, good American. It's like but. the worst of America, isn't it? <laughs> Have you ever had um, a reason chew? Reason? Yeah. Reason? Reason. Yeah. It's like a sort of uh, hard caramel chewy centre with a chocolate coating. Mm. It's as though somebody sucked off the chocolate coating <laughs> and just left... <laughs> Left the, the uh, hard centres and it's then like someone rammed sucked, them together. It's like someone sucked off a German candy and gave it to you. <laughs> Are they German? The reason, the reason. I believe. I, is, I prefer the reason because it's got nice chocolate on it. It does have the exact um, appearance of a chocolate that the chocolate's been sucked off. <laughs> <laughs> now you mention it, that's exactly how it looks. Have you been to the M&M store on uh, Leicester Square? The M&M Superstore? I have, I have. Once, the first time I went, ironically, and the other one was with children. I went when I was killing some time and I was just amazed that it existed. It's really interesting because everything's really expensive but also really spread out. So it's like entire areas with nothing in them, just walking around this airy it's, hall. It's like the gift shop with the in the absence of anything to be attached to. Mm -hmm. It's... It's like London's gift shop. <laughs> it, it feels a kind of like a, a cultural space that's that's somewhat a mystery to me. Mm. There's a new Lego shop in Leicester I'm Square. Just, I was to ask you. I'm very yeah. excited to go. Where I haven't gone yet. It's basically opposite the M&M shop. Okay. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if it's anything like all the other Lego shops, it's got loads of Lego in it, which is mm. brilliant. I think. I think that, that. I think on the list of things that you uh, can expect in the world's biggest Lego shop, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> it's the world's biggest. It's either Europe's biggest or the world's biggest. I don't know. Well, if they've forgotten the, the Lego, I'll be very disappointed. I mean, you know, maybe the Le maybe it's like a slow rollout and it's mostly other stuff. Right. <laughs> but I imagine they're going to put start Lego with, in there. Start with Twinkies. <laughs> Twinkies and other famous Den Danish delicacies. Now, in, in Den Denmark, that's where uh, Huga has come from, yes. isn't it? So maybe, the, maybe it's just a big Huga high store. Could be. You're looking pretty, uh, pretty Huga with your fur and your wool. 
I'm quite, um, well, it's, it's quite cold this morning in Sheffield. I'm quite skeptical about Huga. I like that it's all about candles and um, it's just all these stories of how dangerous Huga is because it's all about lighting hundreds of candles in your house and, and just sitting there and getting pissed while the candles burn around you. That's great. I went to a, a Finnish sauna, but like sauna, a sort of sauna, that's how local, you say it, yeah. But uh, like a, a sort of commercial spa-like one, so you didn't have to be naked, which was good. They, it was really nice, but they had like a, a, a regular sort of sauna, like you would expect with the water and the steam and stuff. And then they had a smoke one. A which smoke was sounder. A smoke sounder. So you're breathing in wood smoke. No. And it's like being in a burning house. It's really <laughs> yeah. bad for your lungs. <laughs> well, you think. Apparently it's really healthy. And you no, it's carcinogenic. Don't do it. But I, yeah, I, I couldn't handle it for very long. My body was like, get out, get out. And I just kind of ran out. That's probably the same as like like uh, inhaling 20 fags. That's Yeah, well, maybe. I'm sure they make it safe. But like, there's definitely a... didn't feel right to me. <laughs> They must be quite healthy, the, the Nordic people. I went to Centre Parks recently. Oh, yeah. I went yeah. to the one in Woburn. Mm. And if you're in the mood to go to a big spa, mm. not the shop, the, the kind of <laughs> yes. place with all the yes. all the treatment rooms and the saunas, saunas and, and uh, steam rooms and all that stuff, the one I went to had 30-odd, maybe 40 different rooms that you could go into. Oh, wow. Different smells, different colours, different temperatures. Oh, it was amazing. Lovely. Yeah, really recommend it. I mean... Centre Parks isn't the best place to go without children. It's yeah. quite noisy, quite a sort of family holiday kind of destination. But uh, there children just the, in the, in the no, spa bit? No. no, not in there. So you could, maybe as a day trip, you could go and... Uh, yeah, Woburn is, uh, is a good one. Is it Woburn the one with all the animals? They've got like a... Oh, Woburn yeah. Abbey yeah, thing, yeah. Woburn Safari Park is just up the road. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah, mm. yeah I, live, I live about half an hour away, so uh, anyone who's nearby... <laughs> say it out loud on the on the podcast. Anyone in the area who knows me sufficiently well to come and have a cup of tea with me and not feel awkward about it, let me know if you're in the area. <laughs> what have you done, Rhi? <laughs> what have you done? Be careful. She never time travels, but she has dreams and visions, which I think is quite interesting because it's a very sort of spiritual series. It's her so, that uh, imagines the... the um, nuclear explosion yeah. in the children's playground that's isn't right, it that's yeah. all in her imagination yeah well it's a it's a vision a vision it's of the very, future she's, it's very it's quite religious really she's quite prophetic. she's a Cassandra and she is in, she is basically imprisoned for something that she where she will never have the opportunity to say I told you so mm. Mm. Because, because if you once if, it happens that's it yeah yeah, yeah. very sad yes <laughs> well on that note on that yes. happy Christmas happy Christmas to yeah. one and all uh, see you in 2018. Hopefully, or 20, 2020. 2020, we'll see what the uh, get too what the next four years brings. I'm sure it'll be brilliant. Let us know enthusiastically if you want us to do more and it might spur us on to arrange more of these. Yeah, we'd like to uh, get together again. Um, you've been meeting some, on your other podcast, yes. on, your, uh, on your Hack Circus podcast, you've been meeting <laughs> lots of really interesting people as well. I have. I noticed we haven't been interviewing them for Schiff Run Stop, but you've, you've been no. uh, putting out some, some lovely, much, lovely it's stuff. It's much easier to make an episode, a show on your own than oh, with two other people. Yeah, um, that's, that's it really that. is, it's remarkable. Yeah, so if you're interested in interviews, um, they're not as kind of geek focused, it's more about 
creativity and things like that. But I've got um, a whole load stacked up till the end of January that I've already oh, interviewed really? and edited oh, you have and been scheduled. Yeah, so that's what I was doing last month. Yeah. yeah. And the stuff that's been out in the last, I don't know, year or so, mm. it's pretty good. I would, uh, listeners, if you're listening to this, <laughs> waiting for the next Layla thing, don't wait. She's been doing it. You've just not been paying attention. <laughs> yeah, there is, an, there is an alternative. Also, if you want, I don't know if this is the place to plug it, but if you, if you happen to be in Salford or Manchester before the end of February, I have um, some art on at Salford uh, Lowry and you can go and see that it's a LED installation that I did um, based on my residency with Ron Bella Dance Company so you can go and see that yeah it's like a little temple of dance with LEDs and things and if you are responsible for delivering any sort of government transactions or online services and you need some help you need like a really good dedicated little consultancy <laughs> then um, get in touch I've, I've got I've got some help for you. With, I'm sure with, Lee with has room, as well, but mine's, mine's way better. <laughs> Lee's got yeah. a different approach. <laughs> I'm not going to pitch anything. Like, I'm not going to make the exact same pitch, am I? <laughs> but Lee and Rue, between us, we know <laughs> we can help you out. been listening to Shift Run Stop, shiftrunstop.co.uk.